The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. All right. A bright comet is in the evening sky. And you can see it without a telescope. It is officially known as Comet C-2020-F3, but it's referred to as Neowise. Uh, It's been interesting to watch uh, on social media over the past number of days, the number of folks who've been going out and trying to get photos of this because it has been uh, an easily uh, photographed comet. And it's going to be sticking around for, well, about another 10, 14 days or so to find out more. We've called up the backyard astronomer, Gary Boyle. He is an astronomy educator, a guest speaker, and a monthly columnist for the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada. Gary, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jalen. I'm excited to talk about this because I've been seeing, yeah, I'm getting texts already. This one said, I, I, I saw it last Friday and Saturday morning. Tell us a little bit about uh, about this comet. When was, when was it spotted first? When was it identified? And, and how was it named? Well, it was identified or discovered on March 27th of this year. And NEOWISE is actually an acronym for the mission, the space mission that found it. It stands for Near Earth Objects Wide Angle Infrared Survey Explorer. That's what spells out NEOWISE. And NEO is not the singer, it's Near Earth Objects. And these could be (laughs) asteroids that can come close to the Earth and uh, and do cross our path. And it just happened to pick up this comet then. And it's really been uh, a surprise that it's uh, it's so bright because we had two previous ones, which was Comet Atlas and uh, and Comet Swan that disintegrated. That should have been almost as bright as this one. So wow. we're very fortunate we're getting a great show. So um, what do we know about this comet um, as far as um, the size of it, where it, if this is going to sound silly, but where it comes from? What do we know about that? Well, as size, it's about five kilometers or a little more than half the size of Mount Everest. Okay. Uh, that's the actual nucleus, the actual rock. But uh, comets are, are pretty well asteroids, but have a lot of chemical composition to it, um, ices, water vapor, whatever. But they're found in very, very extreme cold regions of way past the solar system, uh, in, uh, still around the sun. Let's call it in the Oort cloud. And these are where the very long period comets come from. In fact, this one will take another 6,800 years to come back. But we'll wow. have others. Uh, there, there are millions of comets out there. It's just this particular one will uh, will come back in a while. So we have all these all this material around the comet. It's it's not going at all way out there. But two of them nudge or something gets bumped, and one comes toward uh, the inner solar system around the orbit of Mars. The heat of the sun begins to soften, let's say, the, uh, the the surface. Now the chemicals begin to melt off, boil off, begin to glow, and, and dust uh, actually comes off the comet, too. So this is why we're getting such a spectacular show from this comet. You were you were saying um, in, in an article that I was reading that um, uh, in, in a lot of cases that comets show like a, a green... Um, uh, yeah, they, they, they appear green, but this one does not. Why is that? Yeah. Well, all comets are, are different depending on, on their chemical compound and 
um, and some don't even give off tails. About eight or ten comets are seen throughout the year by amateur astronomers and professionals, uh, not not the average person. So uh, we see these little green guys, um, sometimes with tails, mostly <laughs> not. But uh, it's not too often that we get one this bright. And the, the last one that I've seen this bright was back in 1990, 1997 with Comet Hale-Bopp. Yeah, I remember that one. And I can remember the excitement uh, around uh, that one when it took a spin by the Earth uh, as well. So this has been really exciting because, um, you know, a lot of folks, you know, don't have telescopes in their backyard. But you can just, you can look up and uh, you can see it. What would you recommend uh, people do to see it? And, and where where should they be looking in the night sky? Well, it, it was a morning object for the past couple of weeks. I was getting up at 3 a.m. to actually <laughs> photograph it. But uh, you don't have to do it now because the path that it's taken is now on the other side of, of the solar glare. So it is a bit in the morning sky, but for Edmonton, it could be a little dicey because you're so high up in, in latitude. It's also now coming up the evening sky. Mm. And over the next week, it's actually going to be beneath the Big Dipper. And everyone knows okay. Big Dipper. So you have a, an iconic constellation to look for. And, uh, and with the moon not being out, anyone can, I'm sure can even see it from city limits or if not, just, uh, just get out. It's this little arc of, of haze, naked eye, but in binoculars, it's just phenomenal. Telescope, even better. And even try well, your hand at some photography. What was it like for you when you saw it the first time, Gary? Well, my, my knees buckled, <laughs> first, first of all, because uh, usually, even though, like I said, comets, we do see every now and then, uh, you got to hunt for it. I think I see it, but stepped outside on, on my deck. It was about uh, 3.30 in the morning. It was just on the horizon. I think I see something, binoculars, pow. And that was, and it's even getting, even though it rounded the sun on July 3rd and is passing the earth only on July 22nd, some reports are coming out that it's even getting brighter and the tail is getting even longer. So it should be just a fantastic object for anyone and everyone to see. Uh, all the ducks are lined up, meaning that the moon is at bay, so you're not going to be. Uh, the sky won't be inundated with moon glow if you want to photograph. It's a uh, warm summer. People are camping at yeah. campsites or at the cottage um, underneath the Big Dipper. <laughs> really must go out and see it. And, and don't wait for July 22nd. Uh, another thing too that people will notice too in the northern sky are the noctilucent lights. And that's very high ice crystals, about 80 kilometers high. And that might fit in nicely with some imagery. I saw a beautiful picture um, with the comet and the uh, the noctilucent uh, clouds uh, lights uh, the other day, and I think people don't realize that those uh, lights, those clouds, are incredibly rare as well, aren't they? They're, well, they're rare for here in Ottawa. We don't usually yeah. see them because they're so low, but you guys are really high on, on latitude, so the northern regions will see them uh, in summertime only. That's where the uh, the sun hits these ice crystals, which are 80 kilometers high. And uh, and that's what you're uh, you're actually seeing. But uh, come oh. winter, you will not see it. And then people in the southern hemisphere will see it. Uh, Gary Boyle joining me this afternoon. He is the backyard astronomer. We're talking about Comet Neowise. Um, s- some people texting in, uh, Gary, and I'm going to let you answer them, okay? Uh, sure. Ryan wants to know how long is the comet going to be visible for? That's a good question. 
Uh, as I said before, we had two comets that disintegrated, but the great thing is that Neowise has rounded the sun and is on his way back to the icy depths of space and is still surviving. <laughs> so let's hope with maybe into August we can still see it. But, but now, again, it's receding. The comet is, should be getting a little fainter now and the tail is shortening, but it's not. So this is a real good sign, but it could be a sign too that maybe the comet is is outgassing. It's starting to split apart. Hopefully it's not. So uh, let's hope in August we should have a real good show. You had said that um, the comet will be closest to Earth on its way out of the solar system on July 22nd. But th- th- does that mean that it will... Yeah, so it's it's past its peak brightness at that point, right? Well, theoretically, it's past its peak after it rounded the sun. Because yeah. as it comes closer, the sun gets brighter, brighter, brighter. As it slingshots back out in space, technically, it, it gets a little fainter, but... Uh, again, the, the comet might fracture some outgassing to make it even brighter. Maybe that's what's happening now. So all all comets are, are different. There, there's no uh, there's, there's no no one rule to, to comet. Just a comet. As, um, as my good friend David Levy would say, comets are like tails. <laughs> uh, comets are, are like cats. They have tails and do exactly what they want. And comets do that. Gary, um, I know we mentioned that uh, that the comet will be visible underneath the Big Dipper, but um, this question comes in and says, okay, but but where where is that? For the folks that aren't sure where the Big Dipper is in the sky, someone and and I couldn't tell. I know where to find the Big Dipper, but if you ask me which direction to look, I you know I don't know what it is. What what would you tell this person? Well, the Big Dipper is up in in northwest sky. I mean, it's iconic. You you can't really miss it. It looks like a giant. Uh, giant pot, you know, a pot of, of water on the stove. Yep. And I actually have a, um, a chart on my website, wondersofastronomy.com, mm-hmm. and it shows the nightly pie. I actually uh, drew that map out myself, not the stars, but the positions, and a nightly progression how the comet is moving up in the sky each night. And with naked eye binoculars, you should have no problem seeing it. Uh, this is an interesting question. You mentioned um, the Hale-Bopp comment back in 1997, and David just texted in Gary and wanted to know how does the comet compare to um, the, the the one in 1997 in size, origin, and chemical composition? Do you know? Well, in size, comet Hale-Bopp was about the size of Toronto. That was about 40 oh, wow. kilometers wide. It was huge, huge nucleus. As I mentioned before, it's only about five kilometers, maybe a little little bigger. But as per appearance, it has the blue gas ion tail and then the beautiful fanning dust tail. And it looks just like Hale Bop. Uh, and again, we don't see those too often. So um, I'm ranking just a, a close second to Hale Bop. All right, um, and I, I have to ask you about this before we before we say goodbye, Gary. You have had an asteroid named after you. Like, how did that happen? Well, it's, it's really just recognition for accomplishments, uh, such as <laughs> Grammy Awards or Emmys. Well, asteroids are handed out to to people for recognition of things that they've done, whether it's. Uh, in the scientific committee or poets, uh, Mozart has one. Uh, Freddie Mercury from Queen would, uh, would, had one named after him for what would have been his 70th birthday. So there are about 25,000 named asteroids for all the people that lived around the world in the beginning of time. 
So it's uh, it's a very uh, prestigious honor. I'm I'm still pinching myself. It's over two years now that uh, <laughs> it's, uh, no three years now, 2017, and uh, yeah, just for the outreach that I've been doing, going to schools, campgrounds, senior homes, uh, being on air, uh, being uh, invited on air to explain astronomy to motivate. Uh, people on the nighttime sky on astronomy, the olds of the Allied Sciences, but really to motivate the younger generation. Uh, someone's going to see this comet, a 10-year-old, let's say, in Edmonton, and yeah. that 10-year-old might stick with science, astronomy, may uh, go into engineering, create the next big discovery in 20, 30 years, all from that one wow factor with this comet. And that's what I love to do. Very, very cool. Uh, so, again, before we leave, when's the best time to, to, to see the comet? Because people are still asking. They missed it. Uh, no, no problem. Right after sunset, uh, looking in the northwest. It might be uh, it might be a little more difficult in Edmonton because I don't know what time what time sunset is in Edmonton. Uh, oh, uh, right now, 10, 10.30ish. Yeah, well, that's when it starts to go down. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, might, it might still be in, in the haze for now, but... Uh, in in the glow, but as the nights go on, keep looking at that map on my website, and uh, it it will come out of the out of the glare, and uh, you'll be happy that you kept on looking. But uh, try it anyway as as often as you can. Gary, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. I want to let people know again you can find out more about this comet and watch the the map that has been uh, that he's uh, the, uh, the, uh, it's a chart of the comet's path. You can find it at wondersofastronomy.com. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at astroeducator. Gary, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Well, thank you, Jaylen. Let's do this again. Absolutely. I would love to. That's Gary Boyle joining us this afternoon. A big thank you to Ace of Base who sent in a gorgeous, absolutely stunning photo um, that he took of downtown Edmonton. It's got the big bridge. It's got the skyline. And down in the left, you can see the comet in the picture. It's absolutely gorgeous. So, yeah, it um, won't be back for another 6,800 years. So if you get a chance over the next couple of weeks, you're going to want to get out and, and take a peek. Um, and, and again, I've seen some gorgeous, gorgeous photos over the last little bit. Again, uh, Gary's website is wondersofastronomy.com. And he has um, put together, he has uh, made a chart of the comet's path. Uh, there's a lot of smartphone astronomy apps as well that will help guide you if you want to check out those. It's very cool.